0: Welcome to episode 426 of We Don't Die. I'm your host Sandra Champlain, author of the international best-selling book called We Don't Die: A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. And just a reminder, my home base is wedontdie.com where you can always find past episodes, upcoming classes, and of course, we offer a free Sunday gathering inspirational service every single week with medium demonstration included. Our show today is being recorded towards the end of the year and that old holiday season. But rest assured, no matter what day of the year that you watch or listen, the advice will ring true to you. Today, we'll be talking to a friend that's been on several times to We Don't Die Radio. It's Dr. Mark Pitstick that will be reminding us that our loved ones are really, truly alive and well, and we'll talk about some of the ways that we can sense their presence, whether it's a holiday season or any day of the year. So let me tell you about about Mark. Dr. Mark Pitstick is one of the co-founders of the Soul Phone Foundation. He's also the director of it. He has over 40 years experience and training in hospitals, pastoral counseling settings, mental health centers, and private practice. He is the author of many books, and here's just a few titles. The 11 Questions, Everything You Ever Wanted to Know About Life, Death, and the Afterlife. The Afterlife Evidence, Comforting and Convincing Proof That No One Really Dies. And one of his recent, Ask the Soul Doctor, Holistic Solutions for Life's Toughest Questions. Mark is the creator of the documentary film about the afterlife called Soul Proof and has also created nine audio products that use hypnosis, breathwork, and guided imagery, including one we'll probably be talking about today called Facilitated After Death Contact. He is also a board member for one of our favorite groups, which is HelpingParentsHeal.org. You can find out more about Mark and his work at his websites you can check out greaterrealityliving.com soulphone.org and soulproof.com dr mark pitstick welcome back my friend to we don't die radio thank
1: you my friend thank you for having me on
0: oh i'm thrilled you know there's always it's always good to catch up with you and what's going on and um yeah just see you so I'm so grateful that you wanted to come on and that you reached out
1: my pleasure uh, we have lots to share you know we're recording this on december 22nd and you can just feel the uh everything going around the air like you said earlier this old holiday and just kind of there's a lot of heaviness i looked up yesterday there are 12 different religious celebrations in the month of december uh, which is incredible uh, and you would think People would remember who they are and act accordingly. But, um, you know, we just have to read the news and see, you know, uh, Gaza and Ukraine, and uh, there's a lot of despair out there. I'm in the midst of uh, interviewing 200 shining light parents for helping parents heal, about 165 group leaders. We have, I think we're in 28 countries now and 35 what we call caring listeners so if you want to learn more uh, if you or someone uh, you know has uh, a child who has changed worlds you can visit helpingparentsheal.org and then at the top affiliate leaders caring listeners so these are remarkable parents um yet you know they all have their stories and my god painful ways their children passed and, i mean how else can a evolved soul go back home, except by something that from a limited human perspective appears to be a tragedy, illness, murder, suicide, et cetera. Uh, so a lot of heaviness, a lot of people, of course, around the holidays, missing their loved ones, you know, wish they could see him one more time. And the irony is <laughs> their loved ones are likely right there, you know, c- celebrating with them, looking on, smiling, laughing, loving. In our Soul Proof documentary, you mentioned uh, we have, as one of our many guests, a spiritualist minister. And he said, you know, it's kind of funny. I'm asked to go to a funeral and the uh, family is huddled around the casket crying and talking about how much they're going to miss him. And I'm standing over there talking to him. So uh, it's just, you know, the more we awaken, the more we see through even a silver dollar size. Instead of a pinhole, like most people, the more we realize what Jesus, Buddha, other great teachers were trying to share, especially around this uh holiday time, we're beings of love and light. You know, we're one with source energy. We couldn't lose each other if we tried. Let our light shine. We each have special gifts to share. I mean, those same messages echo in all the great world's religions. So Today, I'd like to share a, a lot of hope, a lot of information, inspiration, so people can remember this, because it's not so much a matter of learning as it is remembering. We're all eternal souls. You know, we came here and, and took on spiritual amnesia for good reasons, but it helps if we can remember even a little bit so that then we have this marvelous adventure, you know, versus this despairing, horrible experience.
0: Yeah, I agree. Mark, there's some people, this is their very first time meeting you. And I know we've talked several times in the past on this show, but would you mind just letting people know who you are and kind of how you got involved with this and some of the passions you have? And then we'll dive into all those other juicy things that make a difference.
1: Sure, sure as I can. When I was six years old, my parents were showing me a beautiful sunset and I told them it reminded me of God. And um, my mom passed this year, so I'm getting a little teared up, thinking that, yeah, you know, they're smiling down on this. Well, they only, so the sunset reminded me of God. They only told me that 20 years later when I was in theology school. And so uh, we went to Lutheran church, it's always God the Father, this and that. And so, why would I have equated a beautiful sunset with the ground of all being, unless, in fact, I remembered at least partially from whence I came? Uh, and it and it seems quite likely that I did. Throughout my youth, I was different. I know later in college when I read uh, Robert Heinlein's book, uh, uh, Stranger in a Strange Land, I said, that's it. That's how I felt. So I would look, it's almost like I was <clears throat> looking around and having to figure out how to be a human. You know, some earthly ways just didn't make sense. And I uh, fell into meditative states easily. Was you know bouncing a rubber baseball off the steps, and I realized two hours had passed. Uh, my family would watch sitcoms, which drove me crazy. So I put into went into another room and was reading and doing stretches, which later I discovered were yoga postures. And so when I was nineteen, I discovered yoga. I discovered transcendental meditation, which I've used for the most part for now 50 years. And um, but all that really took off when I was 19, started working as a respiratory therapist in hospitals part time as I worked my way through uh, pre-med and theology school. And almost every shift, I worked night shift on weekends. I was around people as they died, sometimes from a chronic chronic illness like emphysema, excuse me, smothering to death. Sometimes, you know, suicide, gunshot wounds, getting hit by cars, et cetera. And uh the first hospital had a pediatric ward. So seeing little children die just brought me to my knees because, you know, Lutheranism is a wonderful religion, but it's uh, you know, it doesn't um it's pretty mainstream, you know, God is all knowing, all loving, all powerful. Well, if that's the case, you know, why this five-year-old get hit by a truck? And why this three-year-old get uh, abused to death by the uh, mom's boyfriend. And so it made me then search for meaningful answers to life's biggest questions. Who are we? Why are we here? Uh, What happens after we die? Is there really a God? If so, why is there so much suffering? And perhaps most importantly, how can we best live while we're having this earthly experience? So after theology school, I became a clinical psychologist. And after that, a doctor of chiropractic to put everything together, holistic healthcare, body, mind, spirit, wellness. And I did that at least part time for 35 years. I retired a year and a half ago and now devoting my full time efforts to soulproof.com, which is my website, um, which has 120 free articles on anything you can think of. You know, when a loved one is murdered, if you're thinking about suicide, ex- I mean, everything. And then Also, the Soul Phone Project, which you mentioned, uh, which we'll talk about more later. But basically, uh, next year, official announcements of scientific proof of life after death based on 15 years of solid scientific research. We're talking controlled studies, double-blinded, multiple uh, research settings published in peer-reviewed journals, all the hallmarks required for true scientific research. Uh, So next year is going to be a fascinating year to announce this. And it really has not only the ability to comfort and inspire people, but really to reach that tipping point where enough of us awaken. It will only take maybe 10% of humans to remember who they are to then bring in world peace, widespread conscious living.
0: All such good news. Well, let's dive into some of the reasons to believe in the afterlife and getting through the holidays, because I think that's the thing that's really right at everybody's forefronts of their mind. Because it is tough, and even if you're watching this sometime in the future, there's always a birthday, anniversary, or something that reminds you of your loved ones. It's tough times, and then we can dive into uh, this old phone and the the facilitated after-death contact and things like that.
1: Well, I would say it can be a tough time, or it can be a special time. You know, uh, some of these shining light parents I'm working with, they use the word ascension. So when their child passes, it's not he died on this date, it's he ascended on this date. <clears throat> it's his angelversary. And so really, it's that quick of a transition, you know, to be positive about, it, to see the positive. So yeah, the evidence, first of all, the scientific evidence that life continues after bodily death uh, is summarized in article number one at soulproof.com. The clinical evidence in article number 60 and clinical includes about eight categories of evidence, near-death experiences, life between live sessions based on the work of Michael Newton, Uh, Evidential mediums, which has been well-researched, and some of them are indeed very uh, authentic. Um, Terminal lucidity cases, which are just fascinating. Deathbed visions. Um, uh, There's a couple more, which I'm spacing. And then the third category of afterlife evidence is termed experiential. That is based on firsthand experience. And that includes after death contacts, And just uh, experiences people have, you know, seeing. uh, So, for example, uh, in 1997, I just was at a uh, big retreat, holistic spiritual retreat, 300 people. I just ran six miles on the beach. I came back and out in the water uh, was my friend, Lainey, and she was waving, and with her was this big guy, and they were bobbing around and swimming and so on. And she, Motioned me to come out. So I took off everything, but my uh, running shorts and go out in the ocean. And, and as I got out to, closer to her, all of a sudden I didn't see the guy anymore. And I assumed he was under the water holding his breath. So I got up to her and I said, Where's that guy that was with you? I mean, I saw him as clearly as I'm seeing you now. And she said, What guy? I've been out here for a half hour by myself. And I was like, oh, Okay, you know, that's the kind of week it was. But when you have an experience like that, you're like, okay, there's more to life than meets the eye. So that's the evidence. And then uh, Dr. Schwartz and I, and, and Gary Schwartz, PhD, former Harvard and Yale professor, now senior professor at the University of Arizona, to learn about him, you can visit lach.arizona.edu. Um, and LACH is the laboratory for advances in consciousness and health. Uh, So we started working together seven years ago, and we wrote a book a year later called Greater Reality Living, inviting people to consider how would they live if they really knew all this evidence that no one really dies. We don't die. I mean, what a name of a book. Why didn't I think of that? And, um, you know, that's the great news that sets us free. Again, what great religious teachers have tried to tell us. Uh, so, in the years that pass i'm writing I'm doing a second version because we have come so far in the research, and there's a lot more we can share. But we realized that really this evidence points to much more than life after death. That's just one of ten pieces of great news, what we call the great news. There are others that are indicated by scientific or clinical and or experiential evidence, and that is that we each are one with the one, a part of source. That's the most common statement that near-death experiences come back and say. We each are integral. Uh, we each are sacredly interconnected with each other and all of life. That we can visit with our loved ones now and then more fully when we pass on. And we'll be talking about three ways people can do that. Uh, that we each have meaningful reasons for being here. That we create our reality in other words i've met people who on earth are living in a veritable hell and there are others are living in heaven so it's what we create and what we create is based on what we believe what we say what we think and the actions we take the cumulative effect of that Uh, so to learn more about the great news you can see article number 19 at soulproof.com and it lists those and talks about them so that's that's life-changing and there are lots of groups right now working toward this sandra and it's such an exciting time i've been in touch lately with humanities team i don't know if you're aware of them started 20 years ago by uh, neil donald walsh um, author of conversations of god and then also steve farrell their website is Humanities Team. Dot org. And 20 years ago, Neil, <clears throat> who, you know, amazing man, he had a very vivid dream in which all these teams were fighting. Uh, it was like a soccer event, but everybody was fighting the red team against the blue team. And he just watched all this. And then he said, Well, who's going to fight for humanity's team? And he awoke from that and he's like, My God, what a powerful view. And so, over the years, they've assembled. And if you, when you visit their website, everybody's on it. I mean, Michael Beckwith and and the Dalai Lama. I mean, they've got you name them. They've got them involved. And they have hundreds of thousands of people, and that's their goal by twenty forty to affect widespread conscious living. Because that's you know, that's what it's all about: consciousness, awareness. The more we see what's going on, we understand the big picture of life, the more we're awakened and we realize it's all good, it's all God. Uh, So there's that, humanity's team going on. There are the near-death experiences that I mentioned. As you know, millions and millions of people around the world who have had profound near-death experiences where they saw the light, some of them have instant, lasting, and profound transformations Alcoholics become sober, wife beaters become great husbands, Uh, fire and brimstone preachers apologize at the pulpit and start teaching what Jesus and others taught, love, you know, love your neighbor, love yourself, let your light shine. So there's that whole population near death experiencers out there. There are the shining light parents that I mentioned, some of the most amazing people I've met in my life. And that's why I'm so uh, honored to work with that group. It's been almost 10 years. By the way, I'm no longer on the board because as the Soul Phone Project emerges, we didn't want there to be a perceived conflict of interest. You know, helping parents heal can't be seen as supporting any one uh, business or group. Uh, But I do write for their newsletter. I am very active, speak at the conferences, et cetera. Uh, So there's that whole army of people because one of the um, rules or, or statements of helping parents heal is when your child passes or any other profound challenge for that matter, it can make you better or bitter. And ultimately, it's a moment to moment choice. You know, you tend, Do you choose to focus on lower energy, emotions, and ways of being, anger, guilt, blame, revenge, etc.? Or do you choose to focus on peace, joy, love, gratitude for the time you had together? And so there's this whole group. And then finally, there are people who have spiritually transformative experiences. The acronym is STEs. And the article about that on my website is article number 17. I know I have articles for everything. I wish somebody would stop me. But anyway,
0: <laughs> keep them coming. Keep them coming.
1: New ones pop up every day. Soulmates. I mean, the other day I was like, what the hell? I don't have an article on soulmates. How can that be? But anyway, um, so then there are the people that have spiritually transformed experiences, which means they awaken. And we have all sorts of phrases in our um in our lexicon that speak to this, you know, I was saved, born again, and it truly is, uh, seeing the light, awakening. And they are all ways of saying you realize, oh my gosh, you realize you're true nature. Uh, so these uh, STEs can be triggered, it turns out, by almost anything. And it reminds me of the saying, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Uh, because some people have an awakening, When a childbirth, others, when their child passes, uh, people who are in the middle of violence, war and so on, hearing beautiful music during lovemaking, walking in nature, just so many. There's a long list. And so it turns out just about anything when you're ready to awaken and and remember and shake off that spiritual amnesia. So as you well know, one of the triggers for a STE is a really rocking, mediumistic session. I mean, there are ones you're like, oh, okay, yeah, that blows my mind. You know, There's no other explanation for it. Well, imagine that multiplied by millions when we have the soul phone announcements and demonstrations, public demonstrations of the technology that allows, at this point, binary yes or no answers from post-material persons. Well, that's going to be the game changer uh, around the world. And that's why I say we really can affect world peace in our lifetimes. I think the year 2040 is actually um, too much. I think we can do it by 2030, seven, six years from now. Michael Newton, I mentioned Life Between Life's work, his research probably mapped out what it's like before we come to earth better than any other view. I mean, he and his team of researchers, I think they have 60,000 cases now from 25 different countries and languages. So you can learn more about that in his books, Destiny of Souls and Journey of Souls. Um, he said, based on all of his studies, and, and this guy did this work. He's a PhD psychologist for 20 years before he shared it with anyone. Because he wanted to make sure he had a real phenomena. Well, he mapped out that on on average, about 85% of people who are on Earth are beginner souls. You know, they're just kind of launched from the womb, the cosmic womb, and figuring out the name of the game. And and by the way, that beginner soul, it's not at all judgmental or critical. It's just their stage. And, And it doesn't have all to do with the age of the soul. It's to do with the amount of growth they did. In other words, they could have come there at 10,000 times, but were they asleep each time? Uh, and then about 12% intermediate souls and another 3% advanced, which I'm sure you and I both are anyway. <laughs> anyway, so if you add up intermediate and advanced, that's about 15%. So I call us the 15 percenters. And. If even half of those fifteen percenters awaken, remember who they are, start sharing their greatest gifts, the pieces of the puzzle of Earth's challenges can come together in a shockingly quick amount of time. so that's that's the game I'm playing, and that's the uh what Robert Derop called the master game." so we in, we invite anyone for whom this resonates to uh join in and contact and uh, we need all hands on deck comments.
0: Wow. Just starting at that. Yeah, I remember um, reading the book, The Tipping Point by Malcolm Gladwell, and it really does not take a big amount of people for a transformation of any conversation to occur. You know, you remember those boys, Wilbur and Orville Wright? You had a dream and now we take air travel for granted. I know the day will come, hopefully sooner than later, that people understand the greater reality that we don't die, that our loved ones are around us and support us and that our life is for a reason. Let's talk about holidays, okay? And then let's talk about some ways we can connect with our loved ones through Meditation through your audio. But what are some tools or things to remember, whether it's birthday, Christmas, anniversary, because the big ones are coming up. And I'm sure this is being heard right now uh, with people that may have a heavy heart. Sure. Well,
1: the first topic is after death contacts. And I discuss that fully in article number 28 at soulproof.com. Uh, So after death contacts, uh, the acronym is ADCs for short. So those are defined as any meaningful contact with a loved one who's passed on. Contact while awake or asleep. I just got an email yesterday from a guy. um, There are four really close friends and one of them passed on. And he just said, I talked to the other two. They both had the same dream on the same night about their, quote, deceased friend visiting. And he said, what do you make of this? (laughs) I said, I'm making that your friend is a pretty serious dude, you know, to be able to pull that off. So those, um, we'll call them post-material persons, that is, who are no longer living on earth, PMPs are transmitting, especially around the holidays and anniversaries and so on, they're sending out, and what they're sending out is the same message I'm alive and well. I love you. I'm fine. We'll see each other again, and we can now. I'm still part of your family, I'm still your friend. I come in on birthdays, and you know, for mediumistic readings, they can share, like they can say, um, Yes, I was there. I saw Tommy open his new present, and so on. They can provide details that there's no way the medium could have known, um, that, you know, don't worry about me and, and be happy, shake off that sadness because sadness is really a reflection of spiritual ignorance. I mean, instead of being sad about we're not together on earth now, be glad that I uh, graduated from earth school. It's a good thing. And many cultures recognize that they celebrate when a loved one passes. When I trained with Brian Weiss to do past life regressions 25 years ago, he said, Earth is pretty much the toilet of the universe. You know, I mean, you were like, oh, we're so sad he died. Where you're like, good, you know, he finally, this is one of the toughest places to be. So (laughs) when we really get that, then we celebrate their loved ones' past. So these after death contacts, ADCs, help us remember that these little signs, it could be a light flicking it could be a garage door opening and closing. For some reason um, there could be small or more profound signs. Now there are, you know, I got to honor Bill Guggenheim, my dear friend who passed earlier this year. And, and he wrote the book, uh, hello from heaven and in he and his wife at the time. And, They tell so many wonderful stories, but they came up with the terms of evidentiary ADCs and validation ADCs. So there's a tendency for humans to say, well, that just could be my imagination. Or, you know, that was so subtle. How do I know it's really real? Well, some people will have ADCs. For example, um, um, the Guggenheim's tell of a woman who next door neighbor died. And she came into her house and there's the next door neighbor standing there in more gauzy form. And she said, wow, you're, you're really real. And do you have a message for me? He said, yeah, I had a life insurance policy that I didn't tell my wife about. And it's taped above a drawer in our bedroom. And would you please go over there and tell her about it? Because I wanted to be able to cash it in. So the woman says, OK, this is strange. Goes over. Tells her they go to the drawer, pull it out, and there's a life insurance policy. So I mean, what do you yeah, what are you gonna do with that? And there are many of those. Uh, same way with dream, dream ADCs. You can say, well, it's just a dream. But Carl Jung was one of the first people to recognize that it could be uh, very real. His next door neighbor passed, and Carl was just falling asleep in that you know, hypnagogic state halfway between waking and asleep. And his neighbor appeared at uh, Dr. Young's foot of the bed. And so they had a visit and a chat. and Young uh, had the wherewithal to say, well, how will I know this is really real and not a dream? And the neighbor said, well, tomorrow, go next door, ask my wife to let you in my library. Young said he'd been there once or twice, but certainly didn't and memorized the entire library, because this is like stacks and rows. You had to get a ladder and so on. Um, and he said, look on this shelf, uh, a book of this color by this name, and uh, this will be your sign. Young did all that, found the book, and the book was, gosh, I forget the title now. What a, what a way to screw up a st- great story. But it was basically something like, death is not real. And so, you know, Young was convinced, all those synchronicities. So after death context, the first thing I would say is trust those little signs. You know, some people, uh, uh, a photo tips repetitively and they straighten it up and it still tilts. Some photos will fall over on a shelf. Um, just look for those signs, ask for them and and know that they can be real signs. However, it gets better than that. I. 20 years ago, I had finished training with Brian Weiss, as I mentioned, Raymond Moody on the psychomantium, the mirror gauging technique, and then Ken Ring, and they all taught me about the power of deep hypnosis or deep relaxation, which I've been doing since 1980 as a psychologist. Uh, So uh, Dr. Ring, for example, found that you could have a life review Just like near-death experiencers report after they nearly die, well, you don't have to nearly die to have a life review and consider how to improve your life, make amends. You can do this technique, uh, which he um, gave me his blessing to use. So I put all those together and realized I can use deep relaxation to stack the deck, to increase the chances people having a meaningful experience because ADCs are usually spontaneous. I mean, if a person has one, it sticks with them throughout their lifetime. I said, well, how about what are the things we could do to increase the chances of having those? And I described that And oh, shocker, I have an article on that, article number nine <laughs> um, called Visiting your quote departed loved ones now, and it's about this facilitated ADC technique. uh, Because, as you well know, the brain is our biggest enemy in perceiving the true nature of reality. Uh, Eben Alexander and I had uh, dinner a while back and talked about this. He is a neurosurgeon, and me as a chiropractic physician, having had lots of training on the central nervous system, and it turns out that about Ninety percent of what the brain does is filter out events in our world. Because if we could perceive everything that's going on, radio shows from China and all the lights and so on, we couldn't function. You know, some people experience that when they have a psychotic break or when they take LSD or something like that. Uh, so, in the caveman and woman days, it was evolutionarily functional, adaptive to only see what we needed to see to survive, you know, saber-toothed tigers and what berries we could eat and which ones were poisonous. But now we can, as a species, evolve. In fact, Dr. Schwartz and I have considered even uh, recommending a new genus species nomenclature for people who are awakening. So instead of Homo sapiens, something like Homo evolvens. Uh, who are evolving and realizing there's so much more than the census report. And so it turns out this is one of the reasons uh, Dr. Schwartz and I connected. I had been using uh, the metaphor of Lynn McTaggart, who wrote the field and she interviewed top quantum physicists and they the, their collective estimate was that if everything that really exists in our world, that is energy, life, life force. That's what really exists. But if all that exists were the size of Mount Everest, the portion the average human can perceive would be the size of a golf ball. And, and when I interviewed Gary for my radio show, Ask the Soul Doctors, he used the metaphor, again, based on scientific data, that if all that exists in our world were the size, the height of the Empire State Building, the portion the average human can perceive would be the height of a coat of paint.
0: <laughs> Not very <Yeah>. high.
1: <laughs> so that ex- that explains it all right there. Uh, so <clears throat> that's the uh, reason to engender these after-death communications uh, contacts by primarily quieting the brain because the, the brain is wonderful when awake. Oh, I have 10 things to do today. But... It sucks when it comes to perceiving more of reality. Our angels, our guides, our master teachers, the light, and our loved ones who have changed worlds. They're not a million miles up in the sky somewhere. They're all around us. So, in this facilitated ADC technique, uh, which is again described in article number nine, and it's available uh, under shop, slash shop, for a whopping fifteen dollars for the digital audio my god i'm giving this stuff away however if someone watching truly cannot afford it email me mark with a k at soulproof.com and we'll send you a free copy same thing with all my seven books and the 10 audio products Uh, that's how much i want to help every person possible on our planet awaken because we truly you know how beautiful earth is. I mean, all of us have looked up at the sky or been by a lake or ocean and go, oh my God, it's so beautiful. And all of the, the fighting and so on we have is based on fear. And it's based on ignorance about how life is set up. So that, that's why it's so important we do it. So I encourage people then to use this FADC technique and visit with your loved ones. I just ran a class uh, Tuesday evening with a group of parents (laughs) and they reported profound experiences with their kids. So that's the best Christmas gift, holiday to give way to start the new year you can have. Questions or comments?
0: (laughs) You're so cute. Um, You mentioned that, the conversation you just had. I saw a YouTube video with you and helping parents heal. Talking about um, the ADCs and the contacts, did you lead them through on that recording on any kind? Because that might be a a nice. Yeah, we did the
1: actual session. There are about seventy parents, and then afterwards they shared. um, One guy, um, I think he's from the Philippines. uh, These people from all around the world. He just said, "Mark, as soon as you started this, I saw everybody. My daughter." my mom and dad, my grandparents, my brother who passed. He said, there are like 10 of them. And he said, they didn't say anything. I said, well, that's because there's so many of them. He said, but they just, they all look so happy and healthy and whole. And they just smiled at me. And I just felt so good being in their presence. And this, this guy's crying and he's like, thank you so much. I know so much that it's real and they're really alive. And So it's such a gift to give yourself and others.
0: Thank you for that. And easy to find, even if you're not a parent, you can get get all of these videos. Just go to helpingparentsheal.org and just type in, or you'll see a link for YouTube videos. And then you can also find uh, many of these interviews and the uh, affiliate leader, caring listener interviews. And you'll see that pop up and just scroll down to the bottom lots and lots and lots of interviews. Mark, I think one thing people come up with so much, like you said, we just chalk it off to our imagination. Our imagination is everything. You know, we are these beings living on a planet, hurling through an ever expanding universe down to our quantum level. All we are is vibrating energy. Boy, with that ego we have, sometimes we just think we're the center of the universe. And uh, yeah, no, we're not. We are all interconnected, but I know with myself, whether it be dreams or whether it's just quieting the mind and all of a sudden out of the blue will come maybe a memory I had with my dad or uh, I have a former boyfriend now in the spirit world. And sometimes he just startles me with one of the funniest thoughts ever, right? Like mm-hmm. I'll just burst out laughing and I thinking, okay, you're here, but it's trusting those feelings. Feelings, trusting that they are communicating with us, and that our, our imagination—that is the vehicle, right? Yeah,
1: I, I prefer not to use the word imagination though, because it has such a well entrenched meaning of making something up. You know, thinking. When in fact, it's expanding our perceptions. Um, and one of the things I recommend to people is after they have something like, this, like you mentioned with your dad and and boyfriend has passed, uh, write it down. Because over time, these ex- sacred experiences can morph into, oh, that was my imagination. Uh, because you're not sure of the details. Whereas if you take a record of it, then you can go back and visit. It makes it more real. The other thing that we've learned, especially with the Soul Farm Project, which I'll talk about in a moment, is that communicating with our loved ones who have changed worlds is very much like making appointments here on earth. In other words, if you want to talk to a friend over how this, hey, when's a good time for you? Okay, I'll call you at 7pm tomorrow. Well, just do that with your loved ones who are no longer living on earth. Just say, hey, I'd like to visit with you. Set the time because, you know, they're busy. They have all sorts of things going on. And then Get ready, maybe make two cups of tea, light a candle. In other words, how would you treat a beloved guest who came to your house? Well, do the same thing and then sit there and talk with them as though they really are there because they probably are, even if you can't see them. And then like ask a question or say something and then just be quiet and see what comes in. A lot of people describe as coming in their sixth chakra. A third eye, they'll just get a telepathic message. Other people over their heart chakra. And, and then just continue that. And the more you do it, the more real it seems, the better you get at it. And so I know numerous people. <laughs> In fact, interviewing these parents, several of them have said, I'm closer with my child now than when he or she was living on Earth. Because they were so busy and they lived across the country. And now we talk every day. And so, yeah, it's a great example of how it can be when we remember how life is really set up and take a few practical steps like that.
0: So important. And I love setting an appointment because, you know, there are lots of people who said, oh, my loved one's passed for many years and I've never gotten a sign. The thing is, we are so busy in our minds thinking about the past, the future, everything that we've got going on. And I know personally, I thought, okay, I'm going to talk to my dad and then, you know, I'll start talking to him. And next thing you know, uh, the phone will beep and, um, you know, there's a text message or something coming through. And so to set aside that special time, light the candle, make two cups of tea, whatever that is. Even journaling, talking to your loved one, it is concentrating and focusing and being in that present moment. So thank you for that tip. I think that's going to assist a lot of lot of people.
1: Yeah, I'll share um, you know, we're talking about signs and contacts I just share too that happened recently. Again, with these interviews with these amazing parents from Helping Parents Heal. The first it was about our second week of interviews. There were Six moms waiting to be interviewed. We are like this on a Zoom screen. And then I and another uh, person that helped set everything up. So there's the eight windows. And we're talking. And one of the moms, who's a medium who lives in Sedona, uh, was saying both of her boys had passed or now in spirit. And she said, but they're really active communicators. And um, they appeared to her very quickly after they... uh, transition. Well, just then, above my head, a bunch of multicolored balloons launched and were shooting up in the air like fireworks and balloons. And I thought, well, that's really cool. Who did that? And one of the moms said, well, that was cool, Mark. How'd you do that? I said, I didn't do anything. I thought one of you did it. We went around. No one had done anything. And then the, the mom in Sedona said, that's my boys. They're always doing stuff like that. So that's an example. And all eight of, eight of us, we didn't have it recorded. Unfortunately, we had, weren't recording it. But all eight of us agreed. Yeah, we all saw the same thing. So that's just an example of. I don't know if you remember the, the rock opera, Jesus Christ Superstar. <clears throat> where jesus was um, um speaking to the pharisees pharisees were trying to quiet the crowd and he said why waste your breath shouting at the crowd nothing will stop their excitement if every voice were stilled <clears throat> their song would still continue the rocks and stones themselves would start to sing and That's the way it is. I mean, all nature shouts it. I mean, we almost have to work to not get it (laughs) because it's all around us. I encourage people to just drop fear. And my favorite line on that is from Norman Vincent Peale. He said, fear knocked on my door. Faith answered. No one was there. And so, again, fear knocked on my door. Faith answered. No one was there. So it's just fear, it's fear of nothingness after death. It's fear we won't see our loved ones again. It's fear that some big guy in the sky, bullshit God that came from the dark ages is going to smite us or judge us or put us in hell. It's a fear that we are, will fail. you know it's fear we're not good enough. All those are needless fears. None of those are true. You know we're just such special beings and so that's why I encourage people to get that and then enjoy life. I mean, it's, you know, Helen Keller said life is either an exciting adventure or it's nothing at all. And it is an exciting adventure when we really get it. Well, let's before get any more emotional. Talk
0: um, about soul, soul phone. Is that where you want to go?
1: Yeah, let's go there.
0: <laughs> I know you've got big announcements coming out in 2024, but what can you tell <clears throat> us now?
1: Yeah. Um, first of all, the website is soulphone.com. To learn about it, <clears throat> Dr. Schwartz left Yale. He was a tenured professor in 1988 because he wanted to explore energy healing. And by the way, he ran a series of experiments that validated the efficacy of Reiki and healing touch. Hello, that's what this guy does. I mean, he just... He has done so many things in his 50-year career, just astounding things. But then he also wanted to explore the question of survival of consciousness, which is how scientists, academics you know, state this life after death, survival of consciousness question. And so he reasoned that one of the best ways to address this might be to then study mediums. He actually took training to become a fake medium. And, you know, cold readings and hot readings and so on, because he knew for a fact that some mediums were frauds and others were mediocre. In other words, if I did a reading for you right now, Sandra said, I'm picking up that your great grandmother is, is deceased. Is that accurate? <laughs> um,
0: oh, that's great. No, yes. she's
1: 150, Mark. <laughs> anyway, and what she's telling me, she loves you very much and she's proud of you. Okay, that's not really impressive reading, okay? There's no validation aspects there, no evidence. But he knew some mediums who were hot. I mean, they were coming up with specific details that that they couldn't know otherwise. And this is done under blind conditions, so there are no ways they could have researched before. So he set up a series of experiments that he did at the University of Arizona. This is around the turn of the century, the late 1990s. And you know people like John Edward and George Anderson and others were involved. Uh, Double blind. I mean, these poor mediums, what they went through. They had no idea who are they going to be reading for, male, female, whatever. There was a list of subjects or sitters, and those weren't decided until the last moment. And Gary was blind all that. So it's called a double and even triple blinded experiment. The mediums were in a room by themselves. They could not see or even hear the sitter. Instead, the sitter would relay yes or no to the experimenter, and the experimenter would relay the yes or no to the medium. The um, sitters were brought in a different room, a different entrance, so there's no way the medium could know anything. Yet despite that, these mediums had an 86% hit rate successful reading about who had passed and intimate details about them. Gary also ran a control group, which is something you always do in true scientific research, of non-mediums who had no experience, no abilities at all. They went through the very same experiments. They had a 23% success rate, about what you expect from guessing So he repeated this a number of times and then wrote about his results in his book, The Afterlife Experiments. And so that really got his attention. He's like, "But, but from the scientific mind, that didn't prove anything. That just increased the inference that consciousness survived after bodily death. If indeed mediums could get in touch with that disembodied consciousness. Well, A number of the the mediums then became friends. And over the years, that group grew. And so people like Mark Anthony and Suzanne Geisman and Peter, yeah, man, I won't go through the whole list. Um, And so they became colleagues and friends and they started independently. For example, during one point, uh, several of them said, Gary, I keep hearing from Albert Einstein and he keeps saying, you're supposed to build a device to allow communication with with the next realm. And then he would have synchronicities that made him uh, trust that even more. So finally he said, okay, okay, I get it. And he started working on it, but it's not easy. Um, in fact, I'm going to post soon a, I did a two-hour presentation for the IANS International Association of near Death Studies, where I tell about all this and show photos. So he went through all sorts of experiments that we don't have time to talk about. But basically, this series of experiments showed that PMPs, postmaterial persons, still have density. They have physicality as evidenced by their ability to make, uh, uh, create air motion in a sealed container to slow down the speed of a beam of photons or a beam of uh, laser beam et cetera. So it showed that not just like Casper, the friendly ghost, you know, Gaussian immaterial energy floating around. They are or can take on, if they want, depending on the setting, physicality, density. Uh, it showed that they can express verbally. And Michael Jackson was one of the first people um, to be chosen for that, because what we've seen is that the personality continues on in the next realm, and so the most dynamic people while on Earth, <clears throat> Whitney Houston, Harry Houdini, and others, are the best communicators from the other quote the other side. Uh, their ability to be seen, to have a visual image, so yeah, um, their their ability to uh, shine their light in a triple darkened enclosed. Um, enclosure and a $35,000 camera that could detect a single photon of light beam would pick up the light. So the control is nobody is in the room. The medium doesn't ask anybody to come in. Then the medium would say, okay, whoever the test pilot is, please enter this chamber or at least uh, direct your energy into the chamber. And immediately a beam of light would appear. Please move from left to right. Please move from right to left. Please move the chamber. And it's just kind of like a trained monkey doing all this. And But the trouble is, it was like a $100,000 piece of equipment. It's about the size of a suitcase. And there wasn't a way to commercialize because that's been the goal all along, to have technology that's as affordable and about the size as a cell phone and maybe even an app. So, <clears throat> What we, and I say we now, because I've been with him for seven years and been involved in research as well as directing the, the foundation that helps raise funds for him and shares his great news with people around the world. Um, we now are working on what's called a soul switch. And it's interesting we're filming today because this afternoon I'll meet with Dr. Schwartz and a couple of the top engineers, electrical engineers. We'll replicate what we did two days ago, but we may be on the verge of having what we call a breakthrough switch, which is defined as a 99.999% accurate yes or no answer in 10 seconds or less near real time from post-material persons. Once we have that, then we'll have a series of those devices. Well, first of all, with, with the switch, then that's, what well, we'll demonstrate next year. We'll also have soul switch sessions because we have people who, over the years, have donated ten thousand dollars or more, uh, volunteer team members for the foundation, and others. We want to thank with a session, and that'll be very meaningful. At the same, and that's what I'll be doing. Dr. Schwartz will start, and his wife Rhonda, who's the head of a niche area medium. We'll start having sessions with the A-Team, which is a group of about 30 top people, Edison, Einstein, Tesla, etc. But they say for every one of them, there are hundreds waiting in the wings to contribute. And these were all geniuses, pioneers while on earth. It's just that we can only deal with so many of them. And then Dr. Schwartz will work on the scientific end of it. Rhonda will work on understanding more about the team and getting more information from the team. And in the meantime, the software and hardware um, developers will work on the next device, which is the sole keyboard. And this is envisioned as the first commercializable, widely usable service or device. Uh, It could be as simple as eight of these sole switches in series so that then they can type up. So an A, for example, would be uh, press on the, these three in that order. A B, kind of like Morse code. Uh, so you wouldn't need like 44 keys like on a keyboard. <clears throat> the sole keyboard then will enable texting and typing with people who have changed worlds. And that will allow then the greatest quantity and quality of information conveyed Especially from these scientists who tell us they've been continuing to work, for example, on one medium session uh, with Tesla. I said, "Oh my God, Nikola! You know this is such an honor. I mean, you did so much on Earth." And he said, "Well, if you're impressed by what I did while I was on Earth, wait till you see what I've been working on here." And so that's that's available there. They stand ready and want to help us on our planet. So talk about another big breakthrough for helping us reach heaven on earth. Um, So that's the soul keyboard. Then we anticipate that we'll get enough information come in that we can move on to the two most useful devices. Soul voice, talking, and then soul video, teleconferencing like we're doing now. Gary's goal is to have a 3D holographic type Visit with your loved ones, and with these we've already started the uh, infrastructure for a university, greater reality university, and he has, I think forty five of uh, just key minds who are have agreed to speak on you know free energy, uh, cleaning up our planet, feeding the poor, stopping war, you know true leadership what did Jesus really teach all of those areas? So talk about exciting. Um, When we, we, I asked the question actually, and I share some of these conversations in our book, greater reality living. Uh, So I, there were about eight members of the A team there. And I said, would you all be willing when we have the technology in place to give webinars for people around the world and share this information? And, The medium started laughing and she said, they're pushing each other out of the way to get first in line. That's how much they care and love and are excited about this. And another one of them said, you'll break the Internet. (laughs) With, yeah, with the turnout. So uh, that's what's going on there. But it's one step at a time. And again, people can learn more about this at soulphone.com. But uh, Dr. Schwartz has gone from this is a possibility to this is gonna happen, it's just a matter of time. And thanks to our donors, thanks to our research team, putting it together. So lots of hope on top of everything else we've talked about, huge amount of hope, a game changer. So if people are kind of on the fence, "I don't know if all this are really real or not, read these articles. You know, learn more about this, and maybe that'll help you let go of the fear, trust, open your heart. You know, what I've found over the years, one of the beauties of getting older is I have so much experience, and so many people over the years, elders, have told me they knew all this when they were a kid. You know, they knew there was no fire, eternal hell. A God of love wouldn't do that. They knew that life continued Yeah, they knew there were special beings. But then we get crunched in and we have abuse and wounds and disappointments. And then we become these constricted, fearful people versus our open, loving people, you know, like baby Buddhas, how kids are in a little. So I just say, get back in touch with what you knew as a kid, with what your heart's been telling you. Trust that it's true. It's such good news. And again, we, we need everybody uh, contributing to this effort. And what a celebration that's going to be.
0: Mark, thank you so much. You mentioned the two-hour uh, interview you did with Ian's. Is that going to be on soulphone.com when that's done or Soulproof?
1: It's going to be on both. In fact, I, okay. just, <clears throat> I just woke up. My, the first thing I woke up this morning was get that recording. Uh, so, people can access it. So, um, you know, maybe uh, you can announce that or put that on your website or so on when we have that available. So, it, it's just an incredible story. Just one more thing um, Dr. Schwartz had two near death experiences when he was a child, almost died. And so, he, I mean, it came from a genius family. His dad was a PhD chemist from Columbia University, his mom, Taught at Juilliard, you know, music academy, or uh, so he just came from these overachiever, amazing parents. But then with these two near-death experiences, I think his brain got affected a little bit. Um, and I, it's interesting because through my life, I read so many biographies, and I was especially fascinated with what were called eccentric geniuses or you know, mad scientists. And if you read the accounts. They are quite different. It's like their brain works differently. Well, same way with Gary. Um, you know, somebody you know, heard the saying, like uh, a three ring circus. And they're like, oh, my mind's like a three ring circus. There's all this going on. Well, people have told Gary, well, yours is like a hundred ring circus. He has all this going on at once. And so, uh, for example, when he was five years old, uh, his older brother was upstairs, his parents were gone and the TV was on. And this is the old rabbit ears, right? And so he just went up and touched the rabbit ears and he noticed that the reception got better. The picture got clear. They took his hand off and went back to normal and he realized he was becoming part of the antenna. So then keep in mind, he's five years old. So then he gets out screwdriver and he unhooks the antenna, nothing. And then he puts his fingers where the antenna used to connect and you got a picture again. So he goes through this series of experiments. His parents come home. If I had done that, my parents would have whooped the heck out of me. His parents encouraged me. They said, good job, Gary. Let's, let's do that with us. Does that work with us? And so he extended the experiment. So that's the way he's been since a child. And now at age 79, he has these gifts for humanity. And uh, so stay tuned. You can learn more about this uh, newsletters at soulproof.com and soulphone.com, free newsletters, as well as all the free articles I mentioned. Also, radio shows, interviews I did. Wayne Dyer, Bernie Siegel, Michael Newton, Brian Weiss, Anita Moore, Johnny, Carolyn Base, you name them. Uh, they're, they're free to listen where we discuss all these. Uh, important topics.
0: Mark, thank you. Any closing words for today? I can't thank you enough from all of us. I mean, this has been just a million dollar episode.
1: I would say take advantage of this sacred time. Uh, It's considered to extend from the beginning of uh, December, which is the date, December 8th, when the Buddha Vowed to become enlightened and sat at the base of the Bodhi tree until he did. You know, Hanukkah, Christmas, um, uh, the death date of the founder of Zoroastrianism, which is the oldest monotheistic religion, three thousand years, and those teachings filtered into all the other religions. For example, the um, birth date of this founder—I can't say his name was december 26th oh what a coincidence right next to when jesus was born so um yeah just avail yourself of this time and the time extends into the new year as well so just say a prayer set an intention hey god i'm ready for a new phase in my life if all this is true then i want to know more deeply who i am i want to know what my soul's purposes are by the way you can um there's a technique. Article number 21 <laughs> it's called identifying, Identify and Fulfill Your Soul's Purposes. So do that. Get in touch with why you're here, because so many people have this creative discontent. They're bored. They're unhappy because they're, they don't know who they are and they don't know why they're here. And I found that if people will identify that and share it even a little. It can make a profound difference. So I invite people to do that. Join us, you know. Uh, there's an article, and I have the number in front of me. But how to find um, more evolved souls around uh, who are around you? The uh, yeah, article number sixty-six: relationships for more evolved persons. Because I hear from people they say, "I believe what you say, but I'm the only one in my circle. Uh, my parent, my family, my friends would think I'm crazy." And I say, "Well, you need to." find your tribe. You need to find like-minded people, open-hearted, open-minded. So article number 66 list ways that I've found where we kooks congregate. And then you you know you're not alone and you can talk about these things. So yeah, what a great way to start a, a new year and celebrate the holidays. I hope you do that. And I look forward to hearing about your guests and receiving them.
0: So exciting. Well, certainly, Mark, thank you for being our guest today. Wow. And for our listener or our viewer, I love Mark's articles, you can easily go to soulproof.com and click on articles. And you can also pick up that audio there that I talked about that it's a guided um, connection with your loved ones. So please feel free to check out Mark's website. There's so much on there. I think it's so important to fill our minds with the positive because it's so easy. Uh, Like Mark says, better or bitter. And I think to be better really is connecting yourself with good, like-minded people, reading, listening to things, trusting. All of those good things. On my side, remember to go to we don't Die.com. Again, you can find all past episodes. You can find so much there. Um, also, I invite everyone, come to our free Sunday gathering. It is at two o'clock New York time. It's an inspirational service. We've got them going on four years now, and I've never missed one. It's filled with just joy, inspiring words for your week. And there's a free medium demonstration within everyone. So you get to see just how close loved ones really are. So in closing, my name is Sandra Champlain. I'm always so delighted to be your host on We Don't Die radio. I do believe that life is an education for the soul and that your life here on earth is so very important. Your loved ones are around. They keep one foot in our world and they continue to grow and learn. Take the advice and set an appointment with your loved one and make that cup of tea or two and give them time and they'll show you just how close they really are. All right. So I really want to thank you for watching or for listening and we'll see you again soon.